Welcome to the Man Cave. It's the Man Cave Football Podcast with Dan Gasper. What up, what up? It is the Man Cave Football Podcast. I am your host, Dan Casper, as always. Hey, appreciate you tuning in to another episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. If you're not a subscriber, well, what do you wait for? We're found wherever you find your favorite podcasts. iTunes, Google's, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, or at our website, sportstalk1051.com. Five weeks into the NFL season. Lots to talk about in this episode of the podcast. We're going to take a look at the NFC. Who are the best teams in the NFC? we got the Packers with a big victory over the Cowboys. we got the Saints, even without Drew Brees, sitting there with just one loss. San Francisco 49ers, the only team in the NFC that's undefeated. Big win against uh, the Browns on Monday night. And the Seattle Seahawks also, one loss. Talk about that division, right? you got Seattle, you got the Rams, got the 49ers, the NFC North, Packers, Lions. Lions also just two one and one. Vikings, Bears, uh, and there are Bears with a big loss against the Raiders overseas. So we're, we're going to be taking a look at the NFC. Uh, who, who do I think is the best, uh, best of the best in the NFC? Got a little power rankings coming up. Top five, my top five teams in the league through five weeks of the season. We got studs and duds. Got two guys. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. It's going to be two offensive players. Two offensive players. Uh, for my studs and duds. Games to watch. There's a few good games this weekend. few good games on the docket uh, for week six here. We're going to lead things off. Uh, we've got uh, the first firing, head coach firing of the season. The Washington Redskins moving on from Jay Gruden as head coach. Bill Callahan, former Raiders head coach, former Nebraska college football head coach, going to be named uh, or is named the interim head coach for the Raiders. What a dumpster fire the Washington Redskins is. And uh, it starts with with the ownership, the executive uh, part of it, uh, Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, the owner. I mean, when you look across the, the league right now, you know, the Browns were, were kind of the laughing stock for a while there. John Dorsey coming in, maybe stabilizing uh, the, the franchise there a little bit, uh, a football-minded general manager, They've got a lot of talent, but, uh, you know, you're looking at the Browns now and you're wondering, okay, you know, a lot of hype, a lot of expectations around this team. they got to start playing better. But Browns aren't necessarily the laughing stock anymore. Miami, it's clearly evident they're tanking right now, trading off some of their best players, and it's just bad football over there. Um, You you look at uh, some other teams. I mean, the Jets, they've suffered through some some injuries this year. They're, They're winless right now, too. I, you look at all the teams in the league. I think Washington is the biggest laughing stock right now. I think they're easily the biggest laughing stock. And if you were a head coach or you were a candidate to be a head coach, and maybe you're a candidate that almost can pick and choose what job you want, maybe the closest assistant right now that can do that is is Josh McDaniels. But I mean, if you had the ability to kind of pick and choose. Where do you wanted to be a head coach? Would Washington be dead last on that list? I think for me, you know, let's let's say if I was Bill Belichick and all of a sudden I came out and said, you know what, I'm going to coach. I, w- I want to be a free agent. I'm going to put my name out there for a lot of different jobs right now. Uh, I'm going to put my name out there for all the jobs. And if I were to rank them, 
I think I would put Washington dead last at number 32. And it starts with the ownership group, and it starts with Bruce Allen, the executive, general manager, president, whatever title he has now over there. It's bad. It's bad. Why? You know, they're going to find a coach because, I mean, it's hard to get an NFL head coaching job out there. You know, rumors are that Mike Tomlin, they're going to be targeting Mike Tomlin. I don't know if he's going to go over there. I don't know. You know, Mike Tomlin's kind of been talked about the last couple of years. Maybe Pittsburgh decides to move on from him at that point. But, I mean, if you're Washington, if, if you're if you're Lincoln Riley, you're not going to Washington. If you're Urban Meyer, you're not going to Washington. If you're a top, other top college football prospects head coach that, that NFL teams are eyeing, why would you go to Washington? Why would you go to Washington? So unless something changes... Whether it be the general manager, because we know ownership's not going to change. Dan Snyder's not just going to sell the team at this point. You know, he can make as many head coaching changes as he wants. But if he wants to turn that franchise around, if he wants to provide some stability, if he wants to provide some, you know, get some respect back with that team or credibility, he's got to make the move of bringing in a different general manager. Maybe more respected general manager, a successful general manager, or at least a, a highly touted uh, like assistant out there, or somebody that's due for for a promotion. That's where it needs to start, and then you get a different mindset, get a different uh, vibe within within that organization. Kind of like what the Browns did by bringing in John Dorsey, changing the culture. The culture is not good in Washington. I don't care what you say, Bruce Allen. It's not good. And Dan Snyder needs to finally buck up, make some moves within that front office, get a different different general manager, and let that general manager pick his new head coach. Washington is just a bad situation right now. I, I don't know of any top flight coaches that should want to go there, to be honest with you. They'll get a coach. I mean, they'll get a coach. But will it be a coach that actually can get them back to the playoffs and be as successful over there? I don't know. I don't know. And I, I just can't see Mike Tomlin going over there. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. All right. Uh, let's move on to the uh, best in the NFC. Who's the best in the NFC right now? We've got a few options out there. We could throw in uh, the Packers sitting there at 4-1. and one. We've got the Saints sitting there at four and one. We've got uh, the Seahawks sitting there at four and one. Act the Lions are two one and one. A couple of teams that are sitting there at three and two, possibly involved in this conversation as well. The Rams, uh, who just lost the Seahawks, the Bears just lost the Raiders though. Maybe if you want to throw in the Vikings at three and two, Philly at three and two, Carolina's at three and two with a backup quarterback. So Cowboys uh, just losing to uh, the Green Bay Packers this past weekend. Uh, I'm going to break down a few of these. I'm going to be looking at uh, at uh, the, the teams with just one loss uh, on their schedule right now. The, those are going to be the teams that uh, that I'm looking at. And let's start with the Green Bay Packers. Let's look at some of these, look at some of these numbers. Uh, offensively, they're 13th in scoring, uh, 25th in total yards, 15th in passing yards, uh, 23rd in rushing yards. If you look at the defense, 8th in points allowed, 22nd in yards allowed, 14th in passing yards allowed, uh, 26th in rushing yards allowed. The Seattle Seahawks, you're looking at offense, 8th in points, 7th in yards, 8th in passing yards, 
12th in rushing yards. Defense, 18th in points allowed, 14th in yards allowed, 26th in passing yards allowed, 4th in rushing yards allowed. I know I'm throwing out some numbers here, but uh, bear with me a little bit here. Saints, offense, 23rd in points, 20th in yards, 16th in passing yards, 20th in rushing yards. Their defense, 17th in points allowed, 19th in yards allowed, 19th in passing yards allowed, uh, 16th in rushing yards allowed. Then we've got the the San Francisco 49ers offensively, uh, second in points, fourth in yards, 22nd in passing yards, first in rushing yards, averaging 200 yards per game. 49ers uh, defense, fourth in points allowed, second in uh, yards allowed, second in passing yards, fifth in rushing yards. So you look at the numbers for the 49ers, those are some impressive team statistics for, for the 49ers right there especially on the defensive side right there. So the 49ers, if we're comparing them uh, just numbers-wise, you know, they're, they're the best right there. How about uh, how about the Detroit You know, kind of like the Seattle Seahawks, you'd think uh, Detroit, defensive-minded head coach, maybe their number is a little bit better on the defensive side. Seattle's long been known for their defense. Maybe their number is going to be a little bit better on defense. Actually, Seattle are a little bit better uh, on the offensive side of things, and that's kind of the same with the Detroit Lions, too. So offensively, the Detroit Lions in points scored, they're 12th, 8th in yards, 7th in passing yards, and 13th in rushing. Defense, 20th in points allowed, uh, 27th in yards allowed, 30th in passing yards allowed, and 20th in rushing yards allowed. So by all those numbers, I think everybody would agree, well, San Francisco's got the best numbers in terms of rankings in the entire league. Uh, other teams, you can, you know, like uh, Seattle and Detroit, maybe a little bit more one-sided, uh, where both are offensively. Green Bay, New Orleans, kind of in the middle of the pack, and a lot of their statistics are, you know, top or bottom here. They're not really a consistent line through those two teams. So, I mean, obviously, that favors San Francisco. But if we boil it down to maybe who they played, so San Francisco undefeated. Strength of the competition. Uh, you know, they just defeated Cleveland uh, this past week. So Cleveland, again, a lot of the hype eh, surrounding that team, a lot of talent on that team. San Francisco taking it to them, 31-3. to uh, Rewind it, they got a four-point victory uh, the week before against Pittsburgh, 24-20. to San Francisco defeated Cincinnati, 41-17. to And the first week of the season, they, they defeated Tampa Bay, 31-17. to So... You look at San Francisco and you're thinking, all right, the, maybe the, the strength of that schedule to begin the season, the way these teams are playing out, eh, maybe not that impressive. Seattle, first week of the season, squeaking by Cincinnati, 21-20. Uh, squeaking by Pittsburgh, 28-26. Losing at home to the Saints on Teddy Bridgewater's first start, uh, but then defeating Arizona, and then last week against the Rams, uh, defeating them by one point. So you look at Seattle, the, the first couple weeks, you're like, they barely squeaked by a couple teams that are really struggling. They lost to a backup quarterback, although it's Teddy Bridgewater, but it was at home. And then they, they get a victory, a one-point victory over the Rams. So some close games for Seattle. And then you got Green Bay, defeating Chicago on the road to open up the season, defeating uh, Minnesota at home, defeating the Broncos, losing to the Eagles, even though they had their chances there, and uh, especially down there at the end of the end zone there. Uh, and then last week, beating Dallas on the road. Get to Green Bay back here in just just a second. Saints, meanwhile, looking at uh, who they played, they they got the victory opening week uh, against Houston in that thrilling Monday night game. Uh, they lost to the Rams in the game that Drew Brees 
got hurt. That was a 27-9 loss. And that's a game, you know, Teddy Bridgewater came in, but Bridgewater wasn't taking first-team snaps. That's a difficult situation when you weren't preparing to be the starter to come in against a really good opponent and try to win that game. Uh, following big victory on the road against Seattle, they defeated Dallas 12-10 and then defeated Tampa Bay 31-24. Detroit's schedule... Uh, before they they had to buy this past week, but they almost upset the Kansas City Chiefs uh, the week before. Uh, they defeated the Philadelphia Eagles twenty seven twenty four. Defeated the Chargers, but they uh, had that tie uh, when they they had the lead for the whole game essentially against Arizona week one. Let Arizona climb back in it, and they got the tie there. So decent competition, uh, especially the last couple weeks that the Detroit Lions went up against. But the Packers, to me have the more quality wins, if you will. To me, I look at their schedule. Their wins, uh, I think, were a little bit more impressive. I'd probably put Detroit number two, and then maybe the Saints at number three. So to me, the Packers have uh, the more quality wins. So what does this all mean? Well, in my formula, math formula, that I'm concocting in my head or coming up with in my head, this is this means to me that the best team in the NFC, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints right now. Uh, you know, whenever Drew Brees does come back, that boosts them up even more. I like the Saints right now as number one. I'm probably going to go. Oh, I might go Green Bay number two. I might go Green Bay number two. I keep flip flop flip. Oh, excuse me, flip flopping on this between Seattle and Green Bay. Uh, so I'm going to go Green Bay number two, Seattle though just right there at at, at number no no take that back I'm going to go Seattle number two because <laughs> Russell Wilson's playing an MVP type level Seattle number two, Green Bay at number three, and then I'll go the San Francisco 49ers at number four. Uh, I know the 49ers have the best um best record in the NFC. They're undefeated and their numbers are the best in terms of team stats throughout the league compared to the rest of these NFC teams. But I just look at uh, the quality of the opponents. And they got a big game. they got a big statement potentially this weekend coming up against the Rams. And then I've got Detroit at number five. Got Detroit at number five. So that's who I think is the best in the NFC, which transitions into my power rankings, my top five teams in the entire league. Uh, we'll start off at We'll start off at number five. Going to go Green Bay at number five. Tell the flip-flopping there, because uh, I got Seattle at four. Then I'm going to go with the Chiefs at, at still at number three. I know they just lost to the Colts. That was a that was a great game by the Colts. Great defensive game plan uh, by the Colts there. But I'm still going to go with the Chiefs at number three. I've got the Saints at number two, and then I'm going to go with the Patriots still number one. Uh, if I had to pick like a sixth team, I'd probably put maybe San Francisco at six, six, seven, somewhere around there. At that point, but uh, my power rankings: Patriots number one, uh, Saints number two. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, Seattle at number four, and then the uh, Green Bay Packers are going to come in at number five for me on my top five power rankings for this week. How about my studs and duds for the week? Studs and duds for week five. Let's start off with the studs. Let's start off with the studs. I'm going to go all offense on this one. Aaron Jones, running back for the Green Bay Packers, loves playing in his home state of Texas. Loves playing against the Cowboys again uh, this past Sunday. 182 total yards from scrimmage, four rushing touchdowns, 107 rushing yards, 
and 75 receiving yards. Led the Packers, obviously, in rushing and receiving in their victory over the Cowboys. Sticking in uh, the state of Texas with uh, Houston Texans player, we're going to go Deshaun Watson, 28 of 33 passing, 426 yards, five touchdowns with a perfect quarterback rating of a 158.3. So those are my two studs uh, from Week 5's action. How about the duds? Let's stick with the quarterback position. Taking a look at that Cleveland 49ers game, my first dud, actually both duds are going to come from this game, but my first dud is going to be Baker Mayfield, 8 of 22, 100 yards passing, two interceptions. Baker Mayfield, the primetime game, and with this with this Browns team, that's me. That's I would say underperforming a lot of people's expectations, and they got a tough one uh, coming up against Seattle uh, this weekend. But Baker Mayfield going eight of twenty-two, hundred yards and two interceptions. Oh, that was that was rough. My other dud from this game. I'm gonna go Richard Sherman, and it was the the stuff that was talked about after the game. The the handshake gate. This is ridiculous. Where he came out and said, you know, Baker Mayfield did shake his hand. So you know, this was that's what motivated him and the rest of the 49ers. Then we have to have video coming out that proves that Richard Sherman did shake Baker Mayfield's hand. But then it goes back to well, it wasn't a, a handshake like he gave the other the other guys on the team. So it's this is so immature. So immature from Richard Sherman to even to even bring this up. It's ridiculous. I mean, are we really talking about who gave a handshake and who didn't? Or how good of a handshake it was? So that we have to have video evidence of this? Wow, just ridiculous. And that's why Richard Sherman gets my other dud for the week. That that's just that boggles my mind that we actually had to talk about this. Handshake or not, or how good of a handshake that was. Ridiculous. All right, let's finish up uh, the podcast with the, the games to watch this weekend. I've got five, five games that I'm paying extra close attention to this weekend. I think these are the five best games heading into week six. Let's go Houston versus Kansas City. Kansas City coming off that loss against the Colts. This could be a nice statement game from Houston. Houston put up a ton of points against the Atlanta Falcons. Can Houston become that consistent type of team now? Uh, so can they slow down that Chiefs offense? What can they learn from that Colts game? Uh, and can Houston's offense keep it going, especially Deshaun Watson? So I'm looking at Houston versus Kansas City. This could be a big-time statement game for the Houston Texans. We've been talking about AFC, who's the best, and usually it's between Patriots and Chiefs. Could Houston put themselves in position to be talked about as one of the best teams in the AFC behind New England with this victory? I think so. So I'm looking at Houston versus Kansas City. Uh, I'm throwing this game in there because it's a battle of the winless teams. Uh, we got Washington versus Miami. Somebody is going to win a game between these two teams. Somebody is going to win a game. Is it going to be Washington or is it going to be Miami? We'll find out. Uh, I got Philadelphia versus Minnesota in a battle of uh, two intriguing 3-2 and two teams. Uh, both these teams, you know, Philly's leading their division now. Uh, record-wise, they're tied with Dallas. This is a big game for them to stay atop of the division. Minnesota can't really afford, maybe at this point, to lose another game at three and three. When you got the Bears uh, ahead of them at three and two, the Packers at four and one, the Lions at two one and one. Packers and Lions facing each other on Monday Night Football. Uh, so I'm looking at this 
battle of three and two teams. This is this is a big game for each team uh, to kind of you know Philly in a little bit better of a position because of the rest of their division, but especially for Minnesota, they've this is a big game for them to stay uh, in that race for that division in the early part of the season. Still a lot of football left, uh, but they definitely don't want to go three and three with all the talent they have and Philadelphia too. But talking about that Detroit Green Bay game, that's another game. This is going to be uh, the game that decides who's going to be in first place after Week Six uh, in the NFC North. Right here, this is in Green Bay, and Detroit's kind of had Green Bay's number for the last uh, year or so plus. So can uh, can Green Bay's defense slow down uh, an offense that's performing pretty well? Daryl Bevel's doing a nice job with his first year with the Detroit Lions over there. So uh, and can this offense for Green Bay, can they continue to get better? They seem to be getting better every week. Uh, they haven't scored. Uh, what's the stat? They went 10 points, 24 points, 27, 27, 34 in each week. So they've gotten a little bit more, stayed the same each week. So, And you've heard David Bakhtiar and Aaron Rodgers talk about how they're getting a li- to be a little bit more comfortable within this offense and the coaches are getting to understand the players a little bit more within this offense. So, can this offense continue to get better for Green Bay? And then finally, uh, maybe the game of the week, San Francisco versus the Rams. Big test for San Francisco. Can they stay atop at number one within that NFC West that also has Seattle right behind them? And the Rams, you talk about a team that doesn't want to go 3-3. Three and three. Rams definitely don't want to go 3-3 three and three and then be behind with, with two division losses against 49ers potentially and already losing to Seattle uh, this past week. So a big, big, big game for the Rams uh, as well this weekend. But that's it for this episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always. Reminder, if you're not subscribing to the podcast, well, what the heck are you doing? We're available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, website, sportstalk1051.com. Subscribe. If you could do me a favor, maybe give us a positive rating as well and check out all previous episodes on their interviews all that good stuff. Next episode, uh, we'll be recapping uh, this upcoming week. We've got studs and duds, power rankings, headlines, games to watch, other new uh, newsworthy items to discuss as well. So have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the games this week. We'll be back next time with another episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast.